Welcome back, everyone, to Innovative Leadership. I'm Ryan Stickle. With me, as always, is Stephanie Hurd. Hello. And we are here with our first repeat guest ever. Jason Rappaport is here, president and CEO of Innovative. I hope you knew that if you're listening. If not, he's here. How's it going, Jason? It's going good. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I didn't wear out my welcome. How's it feel this time compared to your first go around? How do you feel coming in? Any different? Actually, a little more nervous for some reason. I don't know. I think maybe uh, the bar has been set higher than maybe I started with. Oh, my. All right. Well, I I will say at the very least, the kind of broad structure I went in and with on your interview has been maintained through pretty much every single person we've had on. I bring them in, ask them about their life. Tell tell me your life story. And then from there, we just we kind of just roll for about 45 minutes. So. It, it's worked, you know, there's yeah. no reason to no reason to break it. Now, I'm not going to ask you about your life story again. We don't need to retell that, but I have to see if it's the same as what I told you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but we will catch up here. Uh, we last spoke with you is around June 1st, since you aren't, is, which is hard to believe. It felt like, you know, yeah. a couple months ago we were here, but. Yeah, um, which was, and you were our first, our very first actual guest of the podcast. So I, I'd like to think we've gotten a little bit better at this. <laughs> I hope so. If we haven't, nobody, you don't need to let us know. We can just, we can <laughs> just roll with it. I just, I just, I just like uh, telling Siri when I'm driving. So when I drive to Frederick or I'm taking a long drive, that's when I get my chance to listen to the podcast. And I always feel like uh, I owe it to you guys to uh, <laughs> tell Siri to, to say hi when you mention my name on a podcast, just so you'd make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention and listening. So <laughs> I also think that uh, we talked, you guys talked about, uh, mine being shorter, which for me being so long winded was unusual, but I think I remember that too. So I guess we'll even it out now because you'll have <laughs> two episodes under your name. And so we'll, we'll even the times out a little bit, but uh, again, we, it's been since the first of June, right when we started this podcast, uh, we spoke just a couple weeks ago uh, about kind of the year of innovative, how it's been, how it's going. I just wanted to ask from your point of view, cause so much has happened since <laughs> June 1st. Um, how are you feeling? How are things going from your perspective? And what's going on with Innovative right now that you'd want the people to know? Well, I'm I'm feeling great. I mean, uh, we're you know it's been a good day. It's been a good week. It's been a it's been a uh, the year started off uh, really well. So I mean, candidly, I'm 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 doing great. I'm 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 pretty happy. You know, which uh, it's a high bar. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we're all off the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Podcast over. <laughs> Jason's happy. Yeah. No, I'm feeling good. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, it is just mind boggling. You know, uh, fast and agile is obviously one of our core values, but gosh, when you think about, you really, if I try to think about what's happened at Innovative in the last seven months, oh my gosh, where do you start? So, uh, but that, but it's also nothing really unusual for us. That's just kind of how we roll. So I like the way you started your answer by saying it's been a good day it's been a good week i could i could almost feel your brain working out yeah, from yeah. What, what did i have for breakfast yeah well, how's yeah. this week going and a banana you know, <laughs> where, <laughs> there you go. um so you know a lot of this podcast and what we talk about is very eos focused and through that lens it was kind of you know the inspiration for even starting this podcast um so i think that's a pretty natural point to dive into with eos and and how it's been going we talked a good bit about our planning session and it was really more from the sales side of things and how we view the world. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, being at the top of the pyramid here at Innovative from us from your perspective, when you have to plan out and think about the year and our goals, you know, not just for this year, but that three year, the 10 year 
where we're at on that kind of spectrum. Can you talk about that a little bit and and how that even starts in your brain to think about the company as a whole that way? Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually in a in a way it's actually easier than kind of what you just described because the way our processes work, you know, once a year and we we just went through that process back in December, uh, which was actually the first time we did. So once a year we have a two-day planning session where we kind of recommit or re-ratify uh, some of the bigger picture stuff. So candidly, I would tell you the hardest part of that was last year coming from zero, right? Mm. So so um, having, you know, having gone through last year the way we went through last year and then sitting in the middle of December saying, is this still who we are? Um, I, I can tell you that, I mean, we definitely made some tweaks to things and and and, you know, made some adjustments, but I would say the biggest mindset or biggest answer to that is I'm just glad we're not talking about the same things that we're talking about. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, for a guy like me, I mean, uh, the, the, the worst place for a guy like me is to not be in motion. Mm. Right. Um, I have a, I, I have all these sayings and Jasonisms and every once in a while people repeat them, which makes me smile. Uh, but one of the things I talk about is being stuck in the during, like I'm a mm. before an after guy, like, and the worst place for me is prolonged in the middle. And I call it stuck in the during. So we had some things over the last year or two, we've been stuck in the during. I'm looking over at Steph. She knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And uh, so from a planning perspective, and I even mentioned it a little bit, I think in some chats today, leadership, you know, what I'm the most excited about is that we get to talk about new things and we get to move forward. And, 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 you know, without, going too crazy in a rant, you know, the power of EOS, I think some of the power in EOS is that we got so intentional with some of the things we were trying to solve in the last year, come heck or high water, that it worked. <laughs> um, so I kind of, I'm kind of left, and I was talking about this in the company meeting, I'm kind of left with this thought that if we write, if we as a leadership team agree that this is something that's important, um, then it, it's not a matter of if it's going to get done. It's really only a matter of how and when. Um, which I think is extremely powerful. Um, and you, and it, and it puts a lot of pressure on you to really make sure that you're putting the right things down, right? Because we're going to defer, we're going to focus this laser on these issues and they're going to get tackled. And that's when you have that feeling, when you come to that conclusion, you almost feel unstoppable, like dauntless. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. intentional is a word that, that I use a lot. Yeah. I feel like we, we do on this podcast and just talking about innovative and certainly a lot of Jasonisms work their way into this podcast because it's just, <laughs> rolling my eyes. It's in the <laughs> just kind of in the uh, yeah. in the lexicon around yeah. here. But for me, EOS it it does take that that structure of of intentionality, I guess, and it just simplifies it to a point where that's just what you do. And it it maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense as I explain it, but it in a way it takes the simple and mundane and just makes it top priority. Yeah. Know? And I, I, I actually spent a little bit of time, not a lot of time thinking about what we would talk about today. And I had a feeling EOS would come up for some strange reason. <laughs> and I also, um, and, and, you know, for, for the listeners, you know, having listened to the podcast as a listener for the last six plus months, I think there's one you can get to one place like, what's this EOS thing? Are these guys in a cult, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. And, and not, I, I can go on a rant on that too. Um, but it's, you know, I don't think Brian White and Gina Wickwin would be happy for me to hear this, but it's obviously a good process. It's, it's obviously a good structure. 
but I don't, I'm not convinced the power of it is actually in the structure. I think the power of it is, it's us all doing the same thing. Like, mm. you know, even if everybody's doing the same good things, you're going to get better results than a couple people doing great things and other people doing not so good things. So I think the power in it is the discipline more than it is what the content is. And again, it's nothing against the US. I think they also have some good content. But what we've learned and certainly what you all have witnessed over the last, you know, 6, 12, 18 months is it's it's a it's a north star um and and it's black and white you know the process of the tools and all those things are pretty black and white so there's really it's that it's there's nothing really ambiguous about it yeah and i think we've seen that uh, throughout our guests as well that you know ryan and i speak in eos language a lot because that is that's the language of innovative but we've had guests from other organizations that some some were familiar with EOS. I actually don't know that we've had an, we did, we had one other EOS company, but we have had several other leaders from other companies and nonprofits that utilize similar the systems. Yeah. yeah. And they have, we're still, we still have found that we're speaking the same language. It's still about right people, right seats and rhythms and planning. Yep. And, you know, you might call them goals. I might call them rocks, but at the end of the day, yeah. we're all yeah. focusing on the same thing. So it yeah. still kind of gives us that common language. Sure. Right. And imitations, the sincerest form of flattering. Yeah. So there's there's other kind of forms of what, you know, we call EOS. Somebody else might call it something different. But at the yeah. end of the day, kind of the same yeah. type of outcomes. But I think you make a great point. And I think that all goes back to the people. Yeah. You don't have the right people around. How do you expect, you know, e you might be running EOS to a T, but if you don't have the right people to actually achieve anything or work toward those goals, then at the end of the day, what good is any of it? You know, well, and and I hate I, I try to figure out the right way to say this. Uh, it's it's the right people, but it's also a commitment from leadership, right? Mm -hmm. It starts with me, like, and, and it always starts with with it at the top. Um, so it's a commitment, and it's a it's a pretty like this is what we're doing, and and you know, and then you get you get your senior your most senior leaders on board, and then you matriculate that to your next level, and you matriculate to the people. But if it doesn't start with like unwavering commitment to this is what we're doing, um, then it just doesn't work. And I, I do think that's one of the things that, that um, I do think that's one of the things we do well and maybe one of my strengths. Now I, I might have us commit to do some crazy things, but, but when we do it, as you got, as you all know, we do it. Like it doesn't right. matter if it's first Friday lunches or core values or whatever. I mean, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And if not, then let's stop doing it. But but it's either it's, you know, it's kind of like Yoda, do or do not, there is no try, you know. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, when it comes to leadership, there's an art and a science to it. And, you know, good leaders are the artists of leadership and you're leading people, which can be gray and there's feelings and there's kind of just the natural talent to it. But then I feel like EOS gives you the science to it. And especially in an organization with more than one leader, we all have slightly different styles. We have slightly different ways of executing our art. You might have a certain meeting rhythm. And then EOS just kind of gets us all on the same page so that we're all kind sure. of people don't necessarily feel like they're being led different depending on who their manager is. And it gives you it gives you a little bit of that science to it. And that balance is kind of where the magic happens, I think. Sure. And I think part of this planning and goal setting we talk about with EOS, prioritization, a lot of it kind of comes back to being able to admit or talk about your 
failures or your shortcomings and identify those things, right? Identify and, and our IDS uh, is what we do in our L10 meetings. Um, and we've talked about that a lot, but I wanted to ask Jason, when it comes to identifying, you know, maybe something we failed at, big or small, has there ever been a time where that's been really difficult for you or is it still difficult for you to be able to look at the company and say, yeah, we're doing this well, but here's what we're doing wrong? Now, I mean, I'm a, you, you all know I'm a weirdo and I like, I like taking just about anything and taking and inverting it, right? I mm-hmm. like taking stuff and throwing it upside down. So I, look, I'm after the truth. Yeah. Like I'm the only thing I'm interested in is the truth um, and reality. And I think leaders and people spend so much time just avoiding the truth, right? So, so if I'm, if you're interested in the truth and the brutal facts, right, Stockdale, you know, whatever, then you can do something with that. But, but if you can't get the truth out, then how do you, how do you improve and how do you get better? So I I kind of fundamentally have this, you know, especially when it comes to power dynamics and leadership, I kind of fundamentally have this feeling that people aren't always giving me the straight scoop and and it's not a that's not a trust thing it's just nobody likes you know the cultures like you're taught you you know when when you're a kid you're like you know tell me the truth and if you tell me you're not going to get in trouble and you know what you still get you might not get in trouble but you still get shamed yeah you know what i mean so my point is i i love it when we i actually love it when we discover something that we're doing wrong um, because I'd much rather discover it and fix it than cover it up and pretend everything is rosy. And, 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 um, and, and if you are committed to having the right people here doing the right things, whatever people are doing wrong, it's nuance and minor, not intention and, you know, malfeasance and all those different, you know, fundamentally words. doing yeah, the job. And you, you, right. the leaders worry about that stuff, not because of what the mistakes are. It's because the people who are making mistakes. So when you strip away the, okay, I've got people here and they should be here, but they're also humans and make mistakes and, you know, whatever like that. Okay. That's just, that's just what it is, right? That's just life. And, uh, so I, I, I want, I want that stuff Rip the, I want to remove all barriers possible to that kind of stuff uh, because everything else is just a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Without transparency. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there are ways where the kind of way you, you word a message matters and your language matters, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's very easy to be truthful with someone and be, you know, just as mean as can be to them if they made a mistake and yeah. be angry. So tone matters and language matters. Yeah. And I think that maybe is where the disconnect can be, because I'm sure there's plenty of people who would agree with you that, oh, yeah, we always need to be honest and let people know what's going on. And they might have a different version of that. Well, and we, we, we I tell people when people, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm the last person that a new hire talks to uh, on new hire uh, orientation by design. And one of the things we talk about is mistakes. And I, and I always say, I've said this before, I've probably said it to both of you at one capacity. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not pushing hard enough, just don't make, just don't make a mistake that puts us out of business. I'd prefer you not to do that. <laughs> uh, and I'd also prefer you not to make the same mistakes over and over and over. Um, but people, I, you know, people A, don't trust that. And then when you have a group of overachievers i mean really we're a group of overachievers people still get upset when they make mistakes but it's because they're upset with themselves a lot of that gets put on you know putting on themselves and and so i figured the least we could do is not add on to that you know it just 
hey, stuff happens. And candid, I mean, gosh, I make, I've made the most expensive and the most amount of mistakes in the company. I've got a 20 couple year head start on most people. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the amount of mistakes I've made and uh, gosh, it's crazy. So I'm not immune to it. Why are new hires, why are you the last person new hires get to meet? Um, so number one, uh, for me, it's all about culture. You know, my role with new hires, um, primarily is, is, uh, sharing the gospel, right. On, you know, I think, um, good grade or one of the books would say ongoing and on ongoing and onboarding conversations, right. The story, the lore, the, why is it this way and all that storytelling. And then obviously culture and core values, that's a big part of it. Um, and so, um, the biggest reason I'm last is because, um, if I, and, and, and you probably remember, remember this from your own experience coming to innovative, it's, it's overwhelming, right? I mean, we move quick. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, our industry is complicated, right? I mean, it's a very complicated industry. You're always learning. And candidly, the first couple of days at innovative, it's like, you know, I always say it's drinking from a fire hose. You're overwhelmed. And so what I've learned, what I've, what I've learned over the years as I've adapted kind of this process is uh, what I'll start talking about the core values. And if somebody has been there for two or three or four weeks, I can say, you can feel that, right? You can feel mm. that. And a lot of times I'll say, yeah, okay, I get that. And, and it, it helps connect the dots. If I talk to them the first or second day, they haven't had a chance to experience some of the things we talk about. Now we're waiting a week or two and now I can name, now we can put a name to it. And, and people need to be able to name things like feelings, because that's just how we're, we're, you know, you mentioned we're, we're vocal and language oriented folks. So it, it actually works out pretty well. And sometimes, sometimes due to scheduling, it might be three, six weeks or a month or, or two months or whatever. And candidly, as long as it doesn't go too far, the longer it is, the better, because they've just had, you know, that, that, that new employees just had more and more time to connect, to allow me to help connect the dots. Yeah. I think mine was at least a month in. Yeah. It was, it was long enough. There were two people in the meeting with me that were hired after me. Ah, <laughs> and so I remember that there were some different, it was, it, I had some different perspective than they yeah. did in that meeting. And yeah. obviously the, you know, they'd still been there for a certain yeah. amount of time, but I had, I'd been there, I'd been here for a while yeah, actually yeah. when I had it. And so it was kind of funny, the, the dots. I mean, it was a lot of it. It's what I've heard before. Yeah. I'd, I'd even met you a couple of times before because yeah. I think some of the people go in and they haven't even you yeah, know, yeah. said hi in the oh, hallway yeah. or it's, whatever, right? So yeah. it's it's kind of fun in a certain way. You know, people are, yeah, people get intimidated. I'm like, come on, it's fine. And, <laughs> well, we also have the added benefit, especially in IT on the tech side. Well, we have several texts where we may have been their first job. So, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about being intimidating. I you're know. <laughs> fresh out of, out of school. Yeah. You're coming to your first job. Now you have a meeting with the CEO on the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yeah. And being in that meeting for those listening, it's heavy on core values. And lore was a great word because I love the innovative lore, whether yep. it's just, you know, business stuff, culture stuff. And sometimes it's, you know, remember when so-and-so, you know, spilled their drink at, you know, mandatory fun or something yeah, like yeah. that. Right. Oh, yeah. So that stuff's always fun. But in that meeting, yeah, it's, it's very heavy on, you know, the Jasonisms and the core values and the meaning behind all of it. And so I can't imagine second day on the job, you haven't even remembered your password yet. And you're in here with all this stuff and it's like, yeah, you know, it, it can be a lot. Yeah. So, and I ask a lot of questions on this podcast that I kind of know the answer to already. And that was not one of them. So that was actually oh, really good. interesting Good um, to ask about. It's fun. And it, it's, I mean, obviously for me, it's, I've, 
it's come full circle. I remember interviewing every single person that worked in the company and, and, uh, now it's, it's kind of fun. I'm like, ah, you, you wouldn't have made it here unless, you know, I've told people before you wouldn't have made it here unless you did, you know, it's not easy to get a job here. You know, we get a lot of applicants, so it's kind of fun by the time I get to meet a new employee. Cause you know, um, it's, 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 it's really, it's a really cool fun part. So that I don't ever want to lose touch with. So. All right. I wanted to somewhat pivot back to a earlier conversation in a way, kind of in the realm of maybe being truthful in the, in the wrong fashion. Uh, this is kind of based off a conversation I had with a friend recently, actually, um, you know, somebody they work for is just one of these quote unquote bosses, very rude to them and coworkers, everybody basically. Right. But a very successful business. And I was just wondering because we are so people focused and culture focused when you get into innovative it's hard to imagine a place like that because you get so ingrained in it and man this is like the most innovative cult statement ever but it, it <laughs> truly is i mean it's just a little bit different here and i was wondering your perspective on that in how at least to me this place kind of thrives because of all this stuff we're talking about right yeah but there's businesses that also thrive, at least financially, in spite of maybe some treatment or some some people issues. And I was just wondering your perspective on that, because it it kind of is mind blowing once you're in a place like this to hear about something like that. And it's like, well, they're also successful, but obviously people aren't happy. Yeah, I'm smiling for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm thinking if I curse, is it edited? So maybe I'll, uh, maybe I won't curse. I've never uh, had a curse to yeah, edit. If you yeah. want to curse, now, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to be the first for that. No, I, I was actually talking to a family member about that, that type of boss yesterday. And, and candidly, um, I think, I think that it, it's, that's, that's coming from, from my experience, even my own experiences, you know, getting a little older and having a few more years on me and miles, et cetera, that's coming from the insecurity of the leader. In my opinion, I think, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of insecure, powerful people. I mean, we could probably spend time talking about this at the national level. Uh, but I think most of that comes from a place of the confidence and security of the leader and also their style, their style, right? So there's, there's a couple different, I don't, you know, I, I'm kind of a junkie when it comes to all this stuff, but there's like power with, I don't know if you've ever heard of like power with or power over. And it's, you know, some of the leadership styles, you know, and, you know, the carrot and stick and do as I say, and I'm the boss, that's power over. Like, um, where you're like, you're, you're, you're exhibiting your power over somebody and your influence over somebody. And you're trying to get somebody to do something because, you're making it clear that you have the power and they don't that's never. And then there's power with, which is, uh, and I think there's a third one. I can't remember. It's not power under, but there's power with, and, um, and, and to me, like I've never, for whatever reason, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I could think back into my years and think about where this came from, but I just never got any satisfaction from telling somebody what to do. Like, like that's to me, the, easiest thing that you could do with power you know then there's all these cliches it's like you want to measure a man or a woman with power see what they do with somebody who has no power mm. right see how they interact and treat somebody who has no power and i've always kind of felt like that's a good measure of a person like you know uh when they've been very been very um intentional about how they wield that so to your point that's those are just power moves and i feel like that stuff comes from either 
being afraid of being vulnerable or or it, it's it's a personality type of thing. It's also a culture thing. You, you'll see a lot of that depending on the type of industry you're in. You know, you'll you'll see a lot of like maybe your traditional blue collar type of scenarios, and then but then you get managers who feel like okay, well they're just the line worker or they're just the whatever worker, and and no, they're just people just like you. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, like. Like we're all, there's nothing different between me. We're all, we're all people. Like, you know, I, I happen to have a different job and a different title, but we're all people. And I just, you know, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but like, there's no satisfy, like there's nothing satisfying Yeah. about, and maybe that's ego and legacy and, the, and that's fine. But like, I don't want to be, I don't want somebody sitting, complaining about, you know, that guy, he, that guy's got a nice car, but he's a, you know what, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that's not, there's nothing fun. There's nothing satisfying for me about that. At least. I think that's sometimes can be one of the challenges of being in a business to business service industry where, I mean, we're pretty awesome around here. Um, and I know I come up against this, especially in sales. Part of, one of the things that I love about my job is that I get to learn about a lot of different businesses. I get to meet a lot of different people. It's something that I just personally enjoy kind of learning what, Absolutely. what makes businesses tick and what makes leaders tick. Um, but then sometimes you start talking to somebody and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. well, you're, you're not super, you're not a super great leader and this doesn't seem like it's going great, which can be challenging because we want to stay in business. We need clients. Um, I think, you know, EOS has really helped us narrow some of that down of like sure. one of our differentiators. We're not for everybody. Um, and that's really helped us focus on working with other leaders and other businesses that align with that. Um, and I I know because I've seen it in the time that I've been at Innovative, just the transition of, you know, making sure that we're working with other like-minded businesses and um, going on that journey. But that can be a challenge when some of sometimes our clients, you know, might be in that boat where they're not treating their people great. And to all of our clients out there, I'm not talking about you. So you have really, really <laughs> great clients. Um, oh, and, and let me let me add on that. Um, you know, um, kind of lost thought, but it's coming back. You know, the other reason why I think people do that, what you described, is it's easier. It's actually easier to just say, do this. Mm. You know, um, it's harder to uh, sit alongside somebody and help them understand it and, and do and, and slow down. And especially if you're a doer, right? You're, if you're a doer, like, um, you know, you just want to get stuff done, right? You know, just path least resistance, just get out of my way and do it. And so the transition from an employee, and it, we've, and we've all done it in some capacity, right? You know, um, you know, the transition from a, most of us start as doers, right. Of, of a thing, um, and then if we decide to get into leadership, then maybe we supervise and then we manage and we lead and all those progressions. But, but, but if you really think about what you're asking of a leader, it's actually really ambitious because the given has to be that the subject matter content is being done. And then, then there's this layer of nuance that goes on top of the performance that involves with all this gray and messy stuff that gooey, messy, gray stuff that's, that's irrational and involves the people and trying to influence people. And like, what, what motivates Ryan? What motivates Steph? How do I lead? How do I become those different people? And it's, it's difficult because just doing the work, you know, just being responsible for the quota and responsible for the numbers and the metrics, whatever that in itself is a feat. And then you're asking me on top of that to, to be, 
uh, this you know art combination of scientists and artists when it comes to the the influence of people to converge toward these goals. So one of the reasons why people don't do it well, number one, it's it's the old school way, and some people just don't know a better way. The other is it's actually more work. It takes more time. You have to get your hands dirty. It's so much easier to be like, Steph, hit your quota. <laughs> yeah, or off with your head, right? I mean, that's the easiest thing to do. But it, but but you can you can demand something of somebody, but that doesn't the demand doesn't create the result. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? And I, I believe people can change. People can evolve. Do you think there's something inherent about leadership positions that can bring out the best and worst of someone? Because someone could be in life a decent person. People like to talk with them, hang out with them. And suddenly get a taste of that power, and that could potentially bring out a worse side of them that always existed, or it could be the inverse. Somebody's, you know, maybe a bit of a grouch, but maybe they happen to be a great leader, and people do pass that kind of outer layer, get along with them. So, do you think there's something inherent about that because it uh, just kind of emphasizes qualities existing, or is it just? people are people and you're just gonna they're just gonna be what they are no i think i think there's i mean i don't think you can like learn intuition mm-hmm. like i think there's some things that are very difficult to learn and that, you know that i think there's this age discussion our lord our leaders uh born or or you know the nature versus nurture i think for you know if i i can just go by my own experience i mean i can tell you that i you know, if I may be so bold, I'm a much better leader than today than I was five or 10 years ago. And it's not necessarily because who I am or who I was. It's because of the amount of sheer intention and effort I've put into studying and learning leadership, psychology, people. I mean, if you go, you go, go to, go to my bookcase in the office, go to my bookcase at home. And, and if, and if I, sh- I tell you, this is how I learned this, and this is how I learned that, that was my leadership degree over the last 20 years, you know, 15 or 20 years, mm. especially in the last 10. So I do think a lot of it can be learned, but you have to know, you know, it's just another, like another thing. You have to know what good looks like. You have to know, like, you have to know what better exists to want to strive for it. You certainly have to be open. Learning doesn't occur if you're not open to learning, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to be open to doing something different, but I think a lot of it is, is, can be trained and you can learn if you have the fundamental desire to be a certain way. I certainly, you know, certainly there's some pieces about it that you, I think, again, intuition, reading people, some of the, but even some of those are skills, empathy. There's been discussed, there's been discussions about it. Empathy can actually be learned, like, believe it or not. I mean, I, at least, at least from psychology today suggests it, yeah. you know, so. That's so interesting. Yeah. You wouldn't think something like that. That seems like something that is just so it just exists in you from day one, right? So it's I've never I've never heard that empathy can be learned. Uh, well, and empathy is half of empathy is observation and slowing down and paying attention. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When I I like that you said that first you have to be aware that better exists because yeah. I I think it can be really challenging for leaders who maybe have only worked under not so great leaders you know, you, you model what you've learned. And if your only experience of what does it mean to lead people has been a a not so great example, you're unfortunately starting out at a disadvantage. Now, I think the way that the world is changing and putting an emphasis on very people oriented leadership, there are more and more people out there who have who have experienced good leaders and, and leaders that are leading by kind of today's standards. So I think collectively, just the workplace, we're seeing more of that. And oh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of 
I mean, that, you know, talking about human nature, that kind of exists in us as well, right? Because you think of how many of us act like our our parents or whoever raised us. And, you know, you start to, I'm, I'm seeing it right now. I, you know, I, I'm sitting around the house and I'm like, man, I really just said something that sounded like my mom. Oh, I'm really yeah. acting like my dad right now. And it, it seems to just get worse all the time, but that's just because that's who I was around, right? And you can, we can get into the science of how much stuff is passed on and how much of, you know, <laughs> much of the way you think is passed on and biological, but um, it's very true that the people you're around influence you, right? And that yeah, sounds say so... You're the, sum, you're the average... Uh, I mean, there's... Uh, again, don't get me started on this, but like there's there's, uh, there's, <laughs> data that, there's, data, there's data that says if you take the five people closest to you, you make within like five or 10% of them, like f- money. Like they've proven that like you're, you're... And you're the average... You're basically the average of the five closest people. Uh, that are in your life. Wow. Um, and of course that, that, that changes over time, right. Mm-hmm. You know, based on who you're with, et cetera. But the, and the parents thing, I guess I'll get to figure out if my mom and my dad are listening here, but the, but do not underestimate the impact that, you know, your upbringing has on you. It, it, there's just no way around that it impacts you. Cause I've had, especially with the kids, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> my kids are older now, but I'm like, I remember when I was younger, I, I came out of my mouth. I'm like, yeah, I, nobody can see me looking up, you know, I'm like, mom, dad, like, where are you? <laughs> so, yeah. And you're like, oh man, I swore I would never say that, <laughs> but it right. just came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, being a leader, that's, that can be part of what I guess makes it so difficult is that you probably always have to maybe be a little bit on your toes about what you say, being intentional. We always use that mm-hmm. word about the language you use. And I mean, I, and maybe it's not, I mean, I guess Jasonisms, that's the the phrase of the day here, because <laughs> you do use kind of phrases and words, and that's probably just part of your vocabulary. Yeah. But when, you know, a lot of when I see you as a public speaking engagement at, at work or at this yeah. podcast, and yeah. you're being very intentional talking to a large group of people, uh, I can imagine there has to be at least a little bit of thought when you're a leader speaking in front of people like that, making sure you're using the right words, making sure people hear I don't want to say exactly what you want them to hear, but because you want to be organic and authentic, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, at the same time, how much kind of brain power goes to that? And is that something that over time maybe just becomes more natural about how to speak in front of groups of people you're leading? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that develops over time. And I, I can't tell you when I really started to pay attention to it. But one of the things I definitely started paying attention to from a leadership perspective is uh, leaders are watched, mm-hmm. you know, leaders, um, I mean, look at, look at the news, like leaders and, and prominent, you know, they're, they're watched. Right. And, and, you know, it gives, you know, again, I could turn everything into a cliche, get back to core values, but it goes <laughs> back to perception is reality. It's like yeah. everything we do is interpreted by something else. And the only real discuss, the only real question is, is the perception you're giving off what you intend to get off or give off. So, um, so when, when it comes to like leading, and, you know, I, we could maybe next time I come on, we could talk a little bit about AI, but, uh, but the thing about the thing that's fascinating me being in a tech industry, when we're talking about leadership is we're really talking about judgment, like, like, uh, this, you know, these, you know, leadership and when to push and when not to push and when, you know, finding that perfect line of when to push on something, but, but not demoralize all that, that's all judgment and intuition. And it's almost, some of it's almost sensed, but. But no, I mean, it's, you know, people wouldn't, I think most people, people closest to me would know, certainly my wife, and my kids know, like the week of the company meeting, 
I'm a, I'm a mess. Um, I'm a mess. Um, we try to, we try not to schedule like trips or things because I just get into a place because I, it's so important. You know, I, I would talk about this in the meeting, like number one, we're getting a lot of people together for some period of time. And you know, the business side of me is like, you know, we're getting, uh, you know, we're getting four or $5,000 an hour of the people together. So the least you could do is make it worth <laughs> make it worth the company's time as the leader of the company. Like I need to make sure that's a good investment of time. Number one, number two, everybody's, you know, everybody's watching you and it's intentional. So it's, it, it, it's extremely, you know, it's extremely intentional. Even sometimes the things that seem unintentional yeah. are intentional, um, huh. just to get points across and to reiterate and, and, uh, just, just keep pounding it, just keep pounding, pounding the rock, you know? So, yeah. And repetition is so important, right? When you're trying to yeah. establish culture, core values, it's, it, you know, you might not think anything of it when somebody's in a meeting and says, well, this core value is this, and we should probably, you know, follow it. We live and die by these yep. core values. Right. And it might not, you know, ring any bells in the moment so emphatically, but you know what? It matters that somebody's bringing up the core values in a meeting. It matters that we're bringing this stuff up in the moment because, you know, if we don't, they just, again, I, I say it all the time. They, they'll just end up being words on a wall. Yeah. And when it comes to like the meetings, think about the tapestry of people that exist in a company meeting when it comes to repetition. Right. So I almost, you know, you almost have to kind of have a least common denominator approach to cascading information because in any given company meeting, I could have somebody who's been there for 18 years. I can have somebody who's heard it 18 or 36 times, but I could also have somebody who's never heard it before. Um, so I, I almost have to, you almost have to ask for a pardon for the people that've heard it a, a million times, even though it's still good for people to hear it. Yeah. But really it's especially because what you don't want to, you know, what's, what are the, what's the, what's one of the cliches or the biggest misconception about communication is the fact that it, the fallacy that it has occurred. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, right? <laughs> Yeah, the biggest misconception about commu communication is a fallacy that has that it has occurred. Huh. So think about that, and your head will explode. So that's that's what that's about, right? It's about like if you don't say, you, you can't assume that people know. So the only way to assume that people know is to say it, and to say it again, and to say it again. And there's really besides you know people rolling their eyes when I run a Steve Jobs video about process and content, <laughs> which is its own funny story in of itself, there's really not much downside to it, you know, yeah. as long as it's useful information. So I, I've been waiting for you to bring up the process versus content <laughs> since the beginning of that. And I also want to point out, I have now heard it so much that occasionally at home, I will tell my husband, <laughs> I think we're having a process versus yeah. content issue. <laughs> so Jason's yeah. over here, like, <laughs> like, Dan is working, like rubbing my fingers together. So yeah. Right. But that's got to feel good, right? When oh, yeah. that stuff just, oh, yeah. it, when it becomes a part of somebody else's vocabulary, oh, yeah. it's yeah. not just a, a, you know, a work thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I definitely, uh, just around the house, there's certain things I say. I mean, we'll be talking about, I mean, anything, uh, something on TV. And I, I the amount of times I've said, well, perception is reality. Yeah. And so it really, you know, you can feel a certain way and that's so valid, but if they feel that way, you should probably talk to them yeah. about it. And well, so, how, how many people at Innovative Now in the last year used the word I'm solved oh, man. in their life, right? I mean, and not, without even real, I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know what it means. I'm solved, you know, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think Tyler mentioned that in a meeting once oh, yeah. where he said his family's just kind of sick of him using 
like the the language of the L10, yeah. yeah, like the EOS language yeah. at home because it's yeah. just like all in, please, yeah. all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. You you mentioned um, you know getting back to the AI um, discussion maybe in a future episode, but w- we were been talking about the evolution of leadership from going from you know I'm telling you what to do to you know enabling people to figure out how to do their jobs and. I think technology has really been a, a big part of that too, because anymore, you know, technology is kind of advanced to the point that if I don't need you to think and I can just tell you what to do, I can probably program mm-hmm. a machine to do that job. Right. But or 90% what, of it. Right. But what I really need people to do is the stuff that I can't just, you know, give orders yep. to it's- either a person or a machine. And, you know, that's where the the successful leaders are going to find that enabling their people to to have those critical thinking skills is is where it's going to be at. Yeah, and 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 you know, I think you all smile when I can find ways to weave uh, EOS stuff back into the conversation. But you know, it's the core, like goes back to the core process. And I I can't remember exactly how Brian White says it. It's uh, replicate the the um unexceptional so you can humanize the exceptional it's something along those lines so the and, and people actually think it's the other way around people think it's replicating humans no what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a with a process with a core process for example you're trying to give guardrails to what happens 85 percent of the time so that when the 15 percent or 10 percent exception comes up your humans and your smart your smart humans are dealing with those issues, not the the cookie cutter stuff. And it's the and and that's that's why I struggle with some of the the IS stuff. Like, how do you you know you can probably program judgment, but but that's just a random. That's like mm-hmm. programming judgment would be every nine times this happens, I'm going to break the rule. Yeah, but then that's not even judgment, right? But judgment is like, hey, the the process says you need fifty percent down, but the the human says I'll waive it because you just gave us a big check or you know whatever the the um, the process says um, you know every single time we do this it's a project and we charge for it the human is the one that says maybe it does maybe it makes sense the process says every you know the third time you do this you're getting written up the human the leader says I'll let it go this more time because I'm gonna buy some goodwill and help the my employee feel like I've got my back they, they, that I've got their back instead of just running a process and you're stuck in it, which nobody likes, you know, yeah. nobody likes. And that's to me where the AI conversation gets interesting is down the road and down the road might be a year from now. It might be 10 years, but I think right now, I think, I think most people can agree pretty much with everything you all are saying of, you know, it's, you know, the whole cliche, it's, it's taking our jobs. It's not taking anybody's jobs. It's a big talking point in, kind of the realm I work in right now and peer groups of, you know, this isn't, you don't have to worry about AI. In fact, you should leverage it because it's going to make a lot of aspects of what you do easier. And if you're the, if you turn into, you know, maybe the AI person at your company to leverage it to create emails or content or whatever it might be, then that's a role you can then fill because right now you're learning it. You're getting in somewhat on the ground floor with it. But to me, the, the interesting conversation comes down the road when, suddenly it takes on some type of human judgment or emotion and it can start to replicate thought processes we have and and, you know that's sounds like a scary movie but it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get real and it's gonna get weird with ai but uh right now i think we're not 
in a bad place. Certainly it is scary with, we can get into, uh, again, I'll probably yeah, a whole podcast with regulation and all that, but it, it's not to me something that should be seen as a threat, at least in our realm yet. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, you know, I, I have to, I have to like check myself when I say these type of things, because I, you know, I start, feeling like, man, I'm a crotchety old man that like doesn't like change or whatever. But, but I, I mean, I am a cynic to be, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like a naturally bored cynic and jaded kind of person, um, <laughs> for, for a lot of these things, but are, and so I've checked myself. And one of the re- things I've realized is that I probably should be literally digging more into the details of AI. If I lead an IT company, I probably should. But one of the reasons why I'm a little bit of a laggard to or, to it is really no different than the reason I've been, we were a laggard to a lot of things at innovative. The marketing hype, um, our, our, our industry is just famous for this. And candidly, we've ridden the, these coattails for years, so I can't be too upset about it. But like the iPad, right? You know, I've, say, I've, I've used this story before. First technology, first modern piece of off, office technology where somebody bought a tool with absolutely no intention in, in mind. You know, like if you want to go dig a ditch, you buy a shovel. <laughs> you don't go buy a shovel and say, one of these days I might need a shovel. Like, I mean, you might, you know, for some <laughs> things, but you know, or I just bought this shovel. I really don't know what it does. Um, but, but then after I buy it, I'm going to figure it out. And oh, by the way, this iPad shovel just happens to cost 500 bucks versus a $20 shovel. So uh, back in 2007, whatever, somewhere on that time frame, in our industry, one of the first times executives who are enamored by Apple's brilliant marketing bought these iPads off of a, commercial that probably had no words but a catchy song and you know uh <laughs> you know and whatever because let's face it they, they're brilliant marketers yeah and then they went to their it people and they said i just bought this ipad can you set it up for me and like well, what do you want to do <laughs> you know uh i don't know i just bought it right so the reason why i'm bringing it up is our industry is famous for doing this stuff and ai is not really that much different if you read the news you read business wall street journal all this stuff everybody wants ai every it's it's the sexy topic it's not the first sexy topic the cloud we've we've seen this with cloud we've seen this with all this stuff <clears throat> and um and and it's happening again and everybody's doubling down on it and and some of it is just some of it is like um what's the right word it's it's like they're some of its head fakes yeah. because a lot of this stuff is different ways of saying like what's the difference between a script and a macro and ai nothing for today. So I've got to make sure that I'm not balancing my like bias towards our industry and our market in the marketing machine that gets people to buy all these things and then figure out what to do with them, which is like the bane of technology existence, um, which, you know, have all these tools. Um, I have to find the balance between that, which is the overcorrection versus reality, which is let's face it, devices, things are getting smarter and, the tool and we've, and there's the tools are being developed that are going to really start scaling and automating the lowest skilled, most repetitive things that are out there, you know, and, and augmenting people. Yeah. So there's, there's something that there's something that's going to happen there. It's already happening, but, but gosh, I mean, Steph, you're on how many sales calls you're like, yeah, we're worried about AI taking over. We got people who like, don't even think they need to upgrade their computers and, and don't, <laughs> don't think they need, I, I, I should probably stop cause I'm going to, but like, I'm not, when, when everybody has the, the basics, you know, um, then I'll start worrying about it. But you got people that are struggling to do the basics, let alone high level yeah. 
these high level applications that are, but people get enamored by it, right? They get romanced into it and they think that it's going to solve the problem and it doesn't. And our industry is really good at convincing people to do that. So that's my rant. And that's a perfect example too, because often those sales calls where, you know, we're having discussions about upgrading Windows Vista might also be couched with, so how do we use AI in the business? I'm like, let's get you on like today's operating systems first and then we'll figure out what problems we can solve with AI. But like, we have to at least have the the basic, we have to build the house first. Yeah. And, and to kind of take it full circle to some of the things we talked about, it's it's really not that much de- different than EOS. You can buy the books yeah, and you could say you're an EOS shop, but gosh, look what it takes to actually push through the, you know, w- humans hate change, right? I mean, there's, there's good reasons for that, but look at what it takes to push through all the, the muck to get to a place where you're actually using it. It's not any different with anything else, right? It's not any different with leadership styles. It's, it's really any change. It's really any technology, any change, any initiative. You, it, it takes commitment. It takes endurance um, to actually get from point A to point B because, the e- and again, the easiest thing you can do is buy it. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. totally fair. And that's such a good point. Yeah. Because this stuff can be very topic of the day. And yeah. y- you can tell by the language being used. It's, you know, I want AI. It's like, well, that doesn't really make a ton of sense. Yeah. And, and you talk to people and they're like, what I really want is all the software that I bought 15 years ago that had these features to actually to be using them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then when you're using those, let's talk about AI. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And <laughs> the language they use and yeah. it's. It's, it's pretty easy to tell on the surface. And I mean, that gets right back to when you, when you talk to somebody, you talk to a leader, you can kind of feel where they, where they maybe stand on things, where their head's at, maybe some other leadership style. You can, you can get that by, by reading people a little bit. And so. But everybody wants the path of least resistance, right? It's human nature. Like, so I, I, I mean, if, if you're telling me that there's a tool that can make my life easier, sign me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's what we're all enamored in. And like, oh, I can be, a, I can be more productive. I can make it. It's just, it's just not that simple. You got to do the work. Yeah. Totally Even fair. using, I mean, have you used ChatGPT? I like have used it. It's nuts. It's overwhelming. Like you have to actually spend time using it. it it's not like you and buy teach it. it. You have to yeah, teach yeah. it things it's, too. It's, it's, and and mm-hmm. the process of teaching it, like if you've learned, if you've used it, the process of teaching it and priming it and doing all those different things, that's the work. Yeah. And if you, and, and ChatGPT just happens to be the tool. So if you went through that same process, with some of the other tools you had, you probably don't even need AI, right? But <laughs> but it's but it's the thing that's causing you to slow down and be intentional about you know whatever you know, et cetera. But it's it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot. Yeah. It's I mean, it's just going to be. I think for the foreseeable future, yep. it's just going to be one of these we keep oh, yeah. coming back to and talk with on get with guests and. Uh, it, I mean, it is interesting. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think you make a great point in yeah. that. Let's just. Let's just step back for one second yeah, yeah. and think about what we're actually Take a deep breath. About. Take a deep breath. Yeah. yeah. It takes me back to, I think, early in our EOS journey, Brian told us the speed of simple. Yeah. Like, before we overcomplexify, like, let's just make sure we have the simple solution yeah. figured out first. And and what I c- come back to all the time, I'm a, I mean, I'm a people person. Like, it's we're in a people industry, right? We're not in tech. We just happen, you know, techno- you know technology is a trade. Um, but I think if anything we've learned over the last, what, three to five years is that people really matter, right? I mean, uh, we, we were, you know, everybody's learning this in different ways, you know, between culture and remote worker. I mean, there's all kinds of data, like data's out now that 
no work remote staff are getting promoted less than people at the company. I mean, there's there's some crazy data that's coming out that all kind of makes sense, right? Um, so it's all, I'm not sure what my point there was, but it's all people driven. And, and people, as long as there's people on this planet or other planets, we're still, a, we're, a hum, we're a, a species of people. So fads may come and go. And again, I'm not saying AI is a fad. I think the way AI is being marketed right now is is like a fad. But let's not forget that at the end of the day, people want to interact with humans and people. And uh, and people are really, really good at hunting out authenticity and inauthenticity. So whatever, however you implement it, you've got to figure out a way to separate You've got to figure out a way for it to do the mundane stuff where the people part of it is less important so that the people can do their best, which is be humans. So that actually I see that so much when I talk with um, potential new innovative customers when it comes to cybersecurity. I think that's another area where we get ahead of ourselves on tools. Everyone wants to give you the next latest and greatest cybersecurity tool that like it's people that actually have to do something with that. So I feel like a broken record sometimes when I have those conversations and I say, you know, how how are you on this aspect or that aspect? And they say, oh, I have this product and that product and this product. And I'm like, okay, you have the products. Who's doing something with those products? And they just kind of look at me. Well, I get yeah. these reports. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody do anything with those reports? Yeah. What <laughs> results are you getting? And then that? you see the light bulbs go off and they're like, well, I don't know. I just thought this stuff was on our computers and it was, <laughs> that's all we needed. <laughs> oh man. And it's, it's people. It's, you know, that's the missing element in almost every, oh, yeah. every conversation. It is. I mean, you, I mean, you're in the meetings. I mean, it is really hard to execute on all these different promises and all these different technologies. It takes a lot of effort and tenacity and not a lot of people do it, Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people say they do it. And it, it absolutely kills me when that, that potential client may have actually, they've, they've bought a tool that I'm going to give them the same tool. Um, so trying to convince them that you need something different. Well, how is it different? Well, I'm, I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yep. it's, it's, you know, I, we, I used to joke around like uh, phone system reporting, right? You're not selling phone system reporting. You're selling a phone that's an information mm-hmm. system. So, or you're selling a, you know, what's the difference? I used to say, you know, what's the difference between buying this solution from innovative versus solution. Well, we're going to actually put it in and it's going to go into use. Like it's not going to be purchased and installed. It's going to be implemented Mm. where you use it, you Mm -hmm. utilize it to drive business action or business results. And, and those are two very different things and people just aren't good at it. Like I said, it's easiest thing you can do is say yes and buy it and add the subscription. It's like, you know, it's like me and my mag- magazines. I'm like, just because I subscribe to Car and Driver and the Washington Post or Washingtonian and you know all these doesn't mean I'm a subject matter expert because the easiest thing for me to do is to pay the $20 a year and then they sit on my kitchen counter and I look at a, <laughs> maybe the new Camaro and I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I'm like, I'm never going to get to this and I pitch it or I show it to my kids or you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's it's, it's really not that much different. Just because you're a subscriber doesn't mean you're an expert. Yeah, true. And a good point. And we have shattered that 39 minute podcast wow. we, we threw together whatever it was up to 55 minutes wow so how about that i told yep, yep you guys flies, said i could talk so it flies right by as wow we'll, we'll have you back on in you know a few months to all right i'm sure and we'll you better now okay. when, when, <laughs> once um once ai whatever yeah. that is just takes over the world and we're sitting here and the world is in in shambles we'll we'll have a discussion about it so. yeah. yeah maybe it might even be us it might just be avatars it might, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. we'll be using uh we'll be using our vr goggles yeah 
to, to have a discussion. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, Jason, once again. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Come back anytime. Oh, thank you. Well, you're always welcome to just walk down the hallway. <laughs> thank you. I want to, I want to, my, my, the most fun I have is when you guys are in your recording and I walk past and I make googly eyes and faces to <laughs> mess you up. But that's one of my things. So, always appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Steph, once again. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Innovative Leadership, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you.